right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, get fired up. It is another Friday night, 11.06 Eastern Standard Time. Really, really appreciate you guys joining us here on Smack Talk and the yep. Sports Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. My name is Rick Uchino. If you're just joining us for the first time, you're your host extraordinaire. Joined, as always, by noted AEW homer SP3 and the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? We had three jam-packed hours of wrestling-type content. To- <laughs> <We're-> <laughs> we, yeah, Here's we had all over the all over the spectrum tonight and cover everything. Just oh, just so fantastic. Yeah. The the shows that we got to watch tonight. Holy hell! Okay, SmackDown. Can I get get right into that? The floor is yours. SmackDown with Roman and uh, Lesnar was tremendous TV between the two for 35 minutes. They went three segments, and it didn't get old. It didn't get boring. What are they going to do next? Lesnar went nuts. Wait a minute. Where did I go here? You're there. You're still there. Well, I can't see myself. (laughs) Well, you're there. We can see you. We can see you. you. You, oh, you got me here. But anyway, it went 35 minutes, and it was tremendous TV, and uh, I got to get back in the studio because I'm uh, – and then, and then it just went to crap. It just went like somebody turned the lights out, and we were gone. That's it. <laughs> Because I'm getting I'm getting a lot of feedback here. Yeah, you're I don't in know the, why. You're, you're you're in twice for some reason. Hang on. What the hell? <laughs> hey, I don't like dutch. I don't like that guy. I don't like you. Watch it. It's double right. dutch. Are, 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 I'm okay now. You're okay now. Oh, it scared me for a minute. I thought it was we an alternate literally, universe. We literally had double dutch, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we, hey, had, we a, had a double dutch. A, yeah, the old, the old skip rope deal. I got it. We had a double dutch oven going on here. That was. Uh, I had no idea what you just said. I was so preoccupied with the fact that we had two dutches and uh, this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> All right. So I think Sid and I don't agree on much, but I think we, we're going to agree here on on this SmackDown opening. Of it was really good. That's that. There's yeah, no. It was. There's no taking that away. It was really, really good. The problem is we've seen it before. We've seen it before with Brock over and over again. We The only difference really is, is now he has a ponytail and he's a baby face. Um, but that's of, a big difference. It is. Not really. In 2015, he was basically a baby face because he turned baby face at WrestleMania 31 and he beat up Michael Cole and got suspended then. It's where I pretty much knew what was going to happen. As soon as he he takes the camera from the cameraman and pushes down the cameraman, I was like, oh, Brock's getting suspended. So I didn't need it to be 36 minutes long. I love everything I saw. It was great. I didn't need Roman's 10-minute promo before to go to commercial before Brock even came out. That would have made this uh, flow a little bit better to me. But I do agree with Dutch. It was good. It was really good television. It's just that I've seen it before, and I didn't need it to be 36 minutes. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think you I think less is more here. It didn't need to be three segments. Now it carried my attention the entire time. Again, yeah. the talent was great here. I'm 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 nitpicking here on this. But yes, I agree. I think there's no reason why Brock Lesnar should should have come out at 18 after. 
come out at eight after, you know, just cut 10 minutes off of this, the waiting, the suspense. I, I don't know if they're just trying to build up more heat. Roman had plenty of a reaction. You didn't just need to keep waiting and waiting and waiting and then almost end the segment. And then you have Brock Lesnar's music come down and then the, the fight is on. Just get right into the stuff immediately and then have it carry over. That said, I thought Adam Pierce was absolutely tremendous uh, tonight in, in his role. Uh, Except for one thing, when he got put into that table, he should have sold it a little bit in the ring. He was selling nothing. He was just standing there talking. That's a, a little thing. People don't notice it that much, but but he should have known to, to settle a little bit because he's already hurt. Now he's mad. That gives more impetus for him suspending Brock. It makes well, it makes sense anyway, but now that he's hurt, it makes a lot more sense. No, I think it was um, Davari that went into the table. It wasn't yeah. Pierce. No, didn't Brock throw Pierce into the? No, that was, that was uh, Sean Davari. So he didn't throw. Well, it looked the same to me. No, no. Pierce was the one that told all the superstars. Okay, why? To come why, down. Did, why did? Well, okay, didn't he push Pierce or? No, he well, didn't touch Pierce until he came out. Um, when after Pierce suspended him. Yeah. Well, that was the first time that. Pierce so he threw Davari through the table. Yeah, yeah. and we didn't oh, see I, it again. Oh, I feel was... better now. <laughs> I hate. I hate Davari. He should have put him through the wall. No, I why like you, Sean. I, like I was Sean. about to say, why do you hate Davari? <laughs> No, I like him. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah, so he sold it really, really well. Uh, Pierce's pants uh, sold it incredibly well tonight, uh, just ripping right down the inseam on uh, on the two F5s. But I, I really like this angle from uh, from Adam Pierce tonight because he, he knew he was going to get his ass kicked. He knew he was going to get absolutely obliterated but he went out there and he did his job anyway he suspended brock lesnar which was a technically the right thing to do if i'm gonna nitpick on one thing i'm gonna nitpick on adam pierce saying and i quote nobody hijacks my show and then he didn't he did not suspend roman reigns for literally holding the show hostage for 18 minutes <laughs> through an entire commercial break he said no one takes my show hostage so I'm going to suspend Brock Lesnar instead of Roman Reigns. That's that's my only little nitpick there. But he got his ass kicked. He got absolutely obliterated. Sonya Deville had to take over. Uh, maybe we're going to get solo Sonya and her reign of terror, which is what I thought they were setting up months ago when her and Adam Pierce kept having their little spats with one another. Uh, so that was a, a nice little angle. I like Drew. Well, he's got to take control of the show here. Again, it was all really, really good, Dutch, and I agree with you. We've kind of seen it before, a little bit of tweaks here or there, but I think they could have cut 10 minutes out of that. They, they could have. But guess, if they cut 10 minutes out of it, now we left us with the other crap following it. <laughs> It'd just been 10 minutes longer. We'd have to put up with it. Uh, or you could so have. They held, they, held, no, they held a good rating to the half hour. See, I give you credit. I credit credit when credit's due, Dutch. Beauty before wisdom. I mean, wisdom before beauty here. You you have the wisdom, and that was a smart call. I do agree with you. We, uh, yeah. we, we had a horrible hour and 24 minutes after this, so I do agree that you're you're probably right. In hindsight, you're probably right. It needed to be 36 minutes. It needed okay. to be two. It needed to be an hour, and then we <laughs> no would have wasted one hour. No, but the first 30 minutes flew by. Yeah. Oh, it was just gone. Yeah. But the last hour and a half, it was like I was being drugged on a country road by my neck, by a chain. It just went by so slow, and it was agonizing to watch it. All right, Dutch, I do have a question for you. Oh, God, here we go. 
Why on God's green earth? Yeah. Do we watch Brock Lesnar just absolutely decimate like everybody? And it's a really entertainment segment. We we all just saw it. We come to commercial break and we immediately come back and then they reshow the entire segment again moments ago. We got two moments ago recaps in that first 36 minutes that actually stretched it out to like 45 minutes before we got our first freaking match tonight. What? what well, that's just what that's just, that? that's just what they do. If you tuned in late, as they say, if you tuned in late, this is what happened. I mean, but, but, I you, get, uh, but you know how many later I get it an hour later, but we they just showed it to it. We just saw it. Do you know how many minutes of wrestling we had on that show in about the two 15. hours? What do you think? About 15. Yeah, we had about, 15, about, 15 about minutes, 15 minutes and 50 seconds of wrestling. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Wrestling show. And one of them was Corbin, who used to be my favorite. Now I can't stand him. That was agonizing, too, to watch that. Oh, they were some parts of the show that could have been totally improved, but. After after Brock and after Roman, it just went to crap. It's like somebody went, party's over, flick the lights, let's go. <laughs> you agree well, with I, me? Yeah, I, I definitely do. We got to bring Rick back in here. Oh, Come no, on, no, no, we don't. I, it, Eric told me I needed to go away. D, DJ, thank, DJ thank you, DJ. I'm, DJ I'm doing my Eric best. <laughs> I'm me and Kenny Boland are doing our best to run him off, but he won't you, leave. You guys, you guys are He's like best. trying to run, just trying to have you got a stray dog in the yard and you feed them. They won't leave. I may have to start shooting at him or something. I don't know. But you're right. But can we talk about something else I want to talk about? What else say, do you we, want to talk just, about? We just ran through most of the positives tonight. What, what was no, this? Well, no. This oh, is Smackdown. Some, yeah. This yeah. is something else. Did you did you watch uh, Crown Jewel? Yeah. Yes, we did. Did you watch it? Yes. I did too, which is a unusual thing for me. I've never watched a pay-per-view in the daytime, so I'm sitting there, but there were some things there, I mean, that I liked the last match. I liked the good, some of the stuff was good, some of it wasn't, but what I want to talk about is Tony Khan on the overrun last week. He says he beat AEW, he beat WWE. Is that true or not? Beat them in the 18 to 49 key demo. So the answer is no. He beat them in the 18 to 49 key demo. He didn't say he beat them. He said he beat them in oh, the, no. he, the he demo declared, that matters he, most. He declared a, a clear a clear victory enough to where he's he's bragging and, and throwing out the the we won and we no we, he clearly we beat, we beat Roman Reigns and we beat Brock Lesnar and this that, he that. he did not say any of that. He said he beat them in the key demo. I just find it funny that you know it, it, Rick started off this show calling me an AEW Homer while Rick has done nothing but be a shill for WWE. WWE, like he's about to lose interviews <laughs> oh, if he oh, doesn't wait. defend them. And guess oh, what? Rick, Rick has his get the rest of the show. Rick, Rick has his words. Rick, Rick has his words, but I have a series of evidence and exhibit A. I will show you guys right now. And this all comes from okay. David, David uh, Bispan, uh, Bispan, and he has a series of things that WWE themselves since 1984 have always touted the 18 to 49 key demo. So it's kind of funny that when it's beneficial to them, they want to focus on it. When it's not, you have people like Rick that's like, oh, 
no, they didn't win in the overall demo. They, they, they just won in a demo in a specific age bracket. The bracket that matters most. The bracket why WWE got a million, a million something dollars from NBC Universal, from Fox. That's the reason why they did it. It's because of the 18 to 49 key demo. So here's the quote right here from WWE. In fact, 35% of all young people in America, 18 to 34, are proud to call themselves pro wrestling fans. And they're a dual audience, 60% men, 40% women, more than more like the Olympics than any other sport. That was WWE going hard for sponsors in December 24th, 1984, a issue of television and radio age. Let's just exhibit A, but I'll let Rick go ahead. You could talk. Wait a minute. I'm confused on that 1984. That was a quote from WWE talking to their sponsors and touting the 18 to 34 demo. And that's why 30, they that's, that's 37 years ago. Oh, I got I got I got plenty from the last from the last 30, <laughs> 35 years, but he, I'm gonna let him talk. I'm gonna let him talk because I got receipts out here. Here's the thing. I'm not sitting here saying no, here's the deal. You gotta say here's the deal. Here's your deal. Okay, here's the deal. Said, yeah, I'm not Joe Biden. With, I'm not arguing with anything that you just said at all. I'm not arguing that, oh, it's the key demo, and this is the one that, does, you know, the <laughs> advertisers don't have to this, that. I don't give a shit about that because that's the thing, man. The rating system as it's set up is stupid as hell. It is dumb. It is idiotic. And I say this as a guy whose livelihood survives on ratings. It is so dumb that you can nitpick and, 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 and cut and spin every damn number. Cause trust me, I have had to lie directly to potential advertisers to tell them why uh, so many different people would listen to us as opposed to these guys and why you should really be selling your product to us. Here's the bottom line, Sid. The fact that advertisers focus on 18 to 49 is bullshit because 50 money spends just as well as 35 money. There are advertisers, there are sponsors that make sense for like, all right, we get we we sell specifically to women, this, that, or the other thing. But 90% of your sponsors that are gonna buy wrestling shows. Are universal sponsors. You're telling me some 55-year-old guy in Wichita, Kansas ain't going to Burger King? You're telling me some 65-year-old grandma ain't buying Pizza Hut for her grandkids? That money spends just as well as those. And you can't tell me that advertisers only care about 18 to 49 because I have to watch Doug Flutie and freaking uh, Frank Thomas sell dick pills every night. That ain't for no 35-year-old in Florida. You can't tell me. I'm a little older than 35. I'm in Florida. Yeah. So Dutch. Oh, oh, okay. You weren't talking about me. Oh, okay. No, Dutch, you don't matter. Right. So that, that's the whole thing. You don't matter because you're not in that 18 to 49 bracket, which I find is stupid as hell. Everybody matters. Everybody's money spends. So the fact that these universal advertisers only care about 18 to 49 is. So you're saying that the advertising business is a scam. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. I got it now. Yes. I, I'm sorry. The only thing I would say about all this, about I don't think anybody won because it's got to have an asterisk beside it because WWE was on FS1. 
total ratings. They they beat the, they beat them. They they they're the ones that decided to go head to head with AEW. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters who decides. AEW didn't decide that. Yes, they yes it does matter. They decided to do it when they were on FS1. They didn't decide to do it when they were on Fox. If they decided to do it on Fox, then we could put an asterisk on it. But we can't because they decided. Why would you put an asterisk on it if they stayed on Fox? Because it's network television versus cable. More people have network television. You don't need to pay anything to have network television. You can just get a box TV and you have channel five. So, so it's not it's, it. it's not an asterisk when they go to FS1? Not if they choose to go against AEW. They made that choice. It wasn't AEW's choice. And I'm sorry, I didn't listen to anything that Rick said because he said he doesn't care about the ratings and then went on a five-minute diatribe. He obviously cares. So don't tell me you don't care no, if I, you've I been care. on a diatribe. No, no, no. Let me, let me. I let you talk. I let you talk. Uh, I, you went on a five-minute a five diatribe. Yes, counselor, you, you need to calm down over there. Been, You've been all over Twitter talking about this. You've been in multiple different <laughs> chats talking about this crap. You care. You care. Don't tell me you don't care if you care, because you do. So mm-hmm. exhibit B here, uh, we have the WWE back in 2001. Uh, they said, demographics, says Vince McMahon, they're simply incredible. Although ours are beyond what an MTV might might be, our ours about 18 to 40, and 40% of that is women. I've always maintained that our demographics, our democratic our demographics are more, are broad-based Americans. So they care about demographics ladies and gentlemen and no, so does rick uccino we could talk about that, the show though you know what that said we care about everybody they're ch- they're selling bullshit sid they will tell anything to anybody to get money in their pocket amen brother that is preach it that preach is. it that is all that is you know why ratings are here's the thing ratings should not even be public just like athlete contracts should not be public because all they do in the general public is create vitriol. They create hate. I have had to watch fans crap all over the Hall of Fame career of Joey Votto for a decade because they don't think he hits enough home runs for a guy who makes $250 million over the course of 10 years. Don't appreciate his greatness. Ratings should be between the Actual people, and again, I say this as a radio guy who's been in for over a decade, they should be in, they should be instrumental in, yes, working with your advertisers, but also as a tool for you. Where do we need to improve? Where do we need to look at? What are we trying to hit? Yada, shit, blah, blah, blah. All right. It all depends on what you are at, what you are targeting. WWE targets everybody. Because they're a variety show. They target kids. They target uh, older people. They obviously do target that very key demo of 18 to 49 because that's, for whatever reason, that's what certain advertisers and certain networks look at. What I'm saying is, is it's stupid because you still had 300,000 people that fell outside of that bracket that still watched SmackDown in that half hour over Rampage. But everybody's sitting here touting that, that Rampage won, even though, to Dutch's point, they dropped off of Fox and went to FS1. I do agree with you, Sid. That was dumb as hell to do. That and they was had a two-hour two head start. They were on yeah. for two hours before that, right. before, they, they before AEW even comes on. And, uh, they loaded it up. And they, they, put, and they put on all their top stars. Yeah, they put yes, on they Becky did. Lynch, they, Sasha Banks, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Hey, no, I let you talk. I let you talk. Shut up. So I let you put, talk. I, you've had more than enough time to talk, sir. They, they put I, on. I, 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 I will just counter, say that. Counselors, I'm trying to agree with you. 
I'm trying to agree with you, Sid. This was the dumbest thing that Vince McMahon could do. It's because he took all the risk. For all, nobody cares about any of the the handicaps that WWE had on this. Okay, the let me ask you what, what risk? What risk did Vince take? Exactly this, because you have people like Sid who are going to argue till the end of time that AEW came out on top because they won that key <laughs> demographic. So now you have people like Chris Jericho out there saying that Ruby Soho beat Roman Reigns in the yes. demo. Yeah, she did. Yeah, congratulations. I'm really happy you did that. You beat a contract signing that also ended five minutes early. Like that five minutes isn't really valuable to that quarter hour, is it, Sid? WWE screwed themselves on this one by doing all of that, but nobody cares. All they're looking at is the bottom line. And the bottom line to a lot of these people who want to look at their key demos is Ruby Soho and the Bunny beat Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and CM Punk and Matt Seidel beat Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks in the key demo, even though, bottom line, 300,000 more people watch WWE than, than AEW. Everybody should count. That's my bottom argument. I hate <laughs> I hate how you I, slice and I dice. Literally, I literally, what I said to you in the chat that started this whole discussion that we've taken <laughs> a lot of time out the show to yes. discuss is I said AEW won in the demo. I never said WWE didn't win in overall viewers. We should vote at each side of this tribal. So is it, isn't it a, so isn't it's, it's it a, a wash? It's a yeah, wash. It's a wash. It's basically yeah, it's a, a push. Wash. Like, like both people can claim they won. WWE won in overall viewers. AEW won in the demo. All I am saying is don't keep the same energy. WWE always touts 18 to 49. Every single time WWE is number one in cable, it's not in overall viewers. It's equally 18 to 49. So they need, they need to keep the same energy. And if you're going to defend WWE, you need to keep the same energy. I'm not That's all I've been saying. I'm not defending WWE. I literally just said Vincent Van was an okay. idiot for going up against AEW the way that he did on a handicap. And Tony Khan can sit here and tout the demo all he wants. If he's that confident in his damn product, put the show on at 8 o'clock every night or 9 o'clock every night and go up against Fox on uh, every yeah. week. Because okay. Rick Pacino wants him to do that. I'm going to call him up. I'm going to call him up and tell him you said that. Exactly. I'm going to stooge you off. Uh, let's let's wrap this up. So I say this: it's a push, it's a wash. One could say he won, the other say they won. I, I think it I has an easy asterisk in there. I don't. Right, let's let's go back to the, when you lost by three hundred. Let's go back to the show. Okay. Yes, I'll scream about something else now. <laughs> Rick, you're getting way too excited. Do you have exactly. high blood pressure? Do you have high blood pressure? I, I saw Have people. You? I saw people in the chat saying, "I'm getting heated. I've been smiling the oh, whole yeah, time. Getting... Haven't I been Dutch? Yeah, Haven't I been yeah. smiling the whole time? Oh yeah. Can we? Oh, uh, I, love, I love Rick when he goes off. <laughs> so does everybody. Hey, Rick. If we we were making a trip, we would have to pull over and douse you down with water or fight or something. Right. And now, okay, now here's the thing. Like, I've been actually told that I talk too much on this damn show. So Dutch, I want to ask your opinion on something. Yeah, do that, it. Was that? The worst close to a SmackDown in the history of SmackDown, or what? Oh, it was just it was just the shits because it was leading. It was kind of crappy leading up to that. Then they didn't. It was just nothing. They I don't know. I, I didn't like it at all. They literally traded world championships like they were Pokemon cards. Okay, what if? What if? Let, let me say this. What if? Uh, Becky was a uh, raw champion 
but uh, Charlotte wasn't anything, would she have to turn that Raw championship in? WWE makes up the rules. Well, what? that's what I'm saying. I don't see the – I've never seen let's swap belts. It's like goddamn marbles. They did it last year with the Street Profits and the New Day when they were the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It was like a quick, like, 30-second little thing backstage. They were both baby faces. It was kind of funny. It was like, all right, you know, people hate – most people hated it. I kind of just let it slide because it made sense for their characters and, and, and who cares? It's a tag team titles, but they literally took the women's world championships, the two world titles, yeah. got their top two stars who had and this, this huge swap them. together, had them get their ring gear on tease that, you know, Oh, maybe I'm going to go after both belts. No, maybe I'm going to go after both belts. Oh, let's just throw down right now and have winner take all. And then they, they, they literally just, Created the damn belts. I don't know. I don't know who in the hell put that together, but it was flatter than damn four o'clock. It was I terrible. Up, it really was. Up, I could come up with six better ideas off the top of my damn head right now. Let me tell you another lost cause on SmackDown. I don't want to be negative, but with that coronation of King Woods, nothing happened. He just sat there and he put the crown on and they were gone. I loved it. I loved every second of the coordination of King Woods. I'm sorry. That was the only other. Oh, I didn't. I didn't like it at all. All right. Why not? I, well, I, hasn't he been actively campaigning for that King of the Ring? Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. King of the Ring. King of the Ring. Can can he defend that and on shows? Um, I mean, I would Corbin say did. no, but Corbin did. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I don't get it. I don't. The King of the Ring. I was disappointed, and the Queen of the Ring. I was disappointed in that. I don't even know who won Queen of the Ring. Oh, my, my favorite won it. Yeah, oh, my girl, girl won it. So I was kind of happy with that. So now she gets rewarded for all the time she got beat on SmackDown. Now, all of a sudden, she's a champion. She yeah. couldn't buy a match for two months. And all of a sudden, they make her the champion. So, but I don't I don't see those. I don't think you could draw any money with those, with, with Xavier. I don't know. They don't have a heel for him. I don't know. Oh, they got a they got a heel for him. His name's Roman Reigns. They you know what they you know what they would draw with that? Crickets, crickets, crickets. Nuts. Did you hear the reaction that Xavier Woods got? That's called being over. Xavier no Woods is over with the crowd. Well, I remember Xavier when he started with TNA, and and I like him. He's a good kid. He works hard. I'm not saying that. But I think they give it to him because they're doing something with Big E and they put the title on Kofi. Well, let's do something with Xavier, which I kind of understand that sentiment. But I don't know how if that's going to translate to business. I don't think it will. But it might. But it, it all depends on what they do. Like Sid, like they, so what can they what, what can they do? Well, it. it what I, has what has it, Xavier Woods has been there? What, 10 years almost? 10, 11 years, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he And been, he may have drawn a little money in the group. Six, in, in the, uh, in the, you know, in the trio. But putting him by himself, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't he, think he, he, he don't, I don't think he, I, I love the ki kid to death. That's, you know, that's when an old timer says, I love the kid, but here comes the jam. You know, I just don't think there's any money in him. I really don't. I, I, 
I would do you? you? I apps I definitely do. I, I I you see the fo- if you see the following he has on social media, if you see the crowd reactions, they could it all depends on how uh, don't go Arn Anderson on me. It all depends- <laughs> Oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up too. That he yeah, we're, gun. It's an hour show, Dutch. We got a long time to get to everything. Uh <laughs> I I it all depends on what they do with this. If they just have Xavier come out every week and spout off a bunch of stuff that nobody's paying attention to this angle's going to die on the vine it'll be entertaining but nobody's going to take it seriously it all depends on how they push him and book him forward they could make him the challenger to roman reigns coming up at day one in two months because it's going to be roman reigns versus probably big e at survivor series which means you're going to have roman beat big e roman could beat up Kofi Kingston one weekend and then all of a sudden you got Xavier Woods standing there by himself ready to exact revenge for his for his brethren maybe he get maybe he gets awarded this title shot because he won King of the Ring there's a story there that you can build up over the next two months he doesn't have to beat Roman Reigns hell he doesn't even have to get close but you can do something with him and create a challenger because they don't have any challengers for Roman Reigns right now they have literally wiped the slate clean and have yep. got outside of drew mcintyre they got a bunch of dudes who've never even like challenged for a world title before on smackdown right now so somebody's got to step up and get the shot why not xavier woods why don't you step up rick uh i retired you, you've stepped into the rick uh, you've retired already uh, yes <laughs> i stepped away yeah <laughs> you're right but i don't i don't i think but they don't know to me they don't know they don't know how to bail people either they really don't. No. I think if they took him out to the side and if you let's say Big E gets hurt and then Kofi gets hurt, if you would take him out of the out of the ring and just let him see an insert seeing he's training, 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 you might get some interest on him if you didn't see him on like everybody else on the show. You know, WWE used to be magic. When it comes to doing out of the out of the ring or out of the studio vignettes, they were great at that, and that's and that kept people tuned in during the show. Plus, it told a valuable story. You know, it's not the story; it's how you tell the story that that gets you there. And I'm not disagreeing with you, but right now, this is what I fear. They'll just he won it, and that's. Right. They can say he's king of the ring winner, but yeah, and, and he's going to do nothing. And Sid, that's my that's my biggest fear is they they gave this to him because they didn't have any intention for this tournament to really mean anything. It was just something that they could put on the Saudi Arabia card. It's a tournament that they threw together in in, in two weeks. Uh, they they put a lot more effort into the king of the ring tournament than they did the queen's crown. That's that's for damn sure. When the longest match was the finals that went five minutes and fifty seconds. Um, but yeah, I. My hope is they do something with them, but I don't have a whole lot of faith that they're actually going to do that. I think this is just, hey, now we can have Woods be be funny every week and 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 wear a crown. But we haven't seen a babyface King of the Ring in what since Edge, two thousand years. Yeah, twenty, 20 years. years. Twenty years in between babyface uh, King of the Ring. Really, I didn't know yes. that. Yes, it's, it's is that been... a trivia question that yeah, I should I know mean, or something? Well, I am the 
Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. I am the undisputed. Who, who did you beat? Undefeated, undeniable, longest reigning ever sports keto wrestling trivia champion. I smoked Jose G on Thursday because my man SP3 has been ducking me. Uh, couldn't ducking couldn't, you. I said, I said, I said, I said, I need, I'm available. In the morning and the afternoon, and he puts all times after 7 p.m. So, yeah, he yeah. gave me five times I, after 7 p.m. I got a day job. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, you have a day job on the weekend, too? <laughs> hey, did you oh, reach oh. Paul's question? Uh, do we, yeah, sorry. Do we you not think, think Kofi is going to turn on Woods out of jealousy? Not a chance. No. That'd be a mistake. Exactly. No. no. I, they, Paul, they, they're not going to. You might get them booing woods. That's what you might do. Yeah. yeah. I uh, And I don't Paul, think nobody wants to see Kofi versus uh, uh, woods. I just don't think anybody wants to see it. We, we did in the semifinals of the King of the Ring because I thought that would have been an interesting dynamic there. But actually having these two guys fight each other. And, Paul, I, I get where you're coming from. I actually used to think this way about three or four years ago. But I've been, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. And I was wrong about this. I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, the jealousy angle. It was right after Kofi won the WWE title. I was like, it would be kind of interesting if, if E or Woods or one of those guys kind of got Got jealous that now all of a sudden their boy was the shining star of the new day after being on equal footing for, for years. But watching their podcast, you know, you you, you can't have Kofi turn on Xavier Woods. Like I saw people putting on Twitter. They thought Kofi was going to turn on Woods tonight. I'm like, he literally put out a video of him watching Woods win King of the Ring and losing his damn mind because he's so happy that his boy achieved his lifelong dream. Like these guys just support each other. That's all they're going to do from now until the end of time. They split him up. But they're still the new day. They're still together. They're, that's never gonna. They happen. are. They can't. They can't do up, up, down, down, and the new day podcast if they break up. So I don't see that happening because those are money makers for the WWE. So they're not gonna do that, guys. It it just ain't gonna happen. I'm hoping they do something with Xavier Woods. I don't. I I don't have any other faith that they're going to be. More yeah, but look at Kofi. They put the title on him, and what have they done since? Oh, they didn't do anything. It was, it was, that was basically a, a charity case for WWE. They got, they got their hand, they were handcuffed by the fans. The fans wanted it so bad. So they was like, oh, okay, you can have it. And then they made him a mid card WWE champion that didn't even main event any show during his WWE title run. And then the minute they got on Fox, they took nine seconds to erase the pat the six months before that. Hmm. He still had a better run than Rey Mysterio did. Oh, that's not saying much. Rey, Myster <laughs> Rey Mysterio had 30 minutes to be WWE champion, to be fair. To be I fair. beat that. I was champion <laughs> for 12 minutes one day. I did it on, on, on a TV show, and then a guy challenged me and beat me right there. 12 minutes. I was, was going to say that was shorter than uh, what Sting. Uh, remember when Sting and DDP like changed the belt like three times on an episode of Nitro? Anybody else? Yeah, he, he was he was champion for a month. I would say I would say the record that I remember is uh, Sandman in ECW who won the ECW championship and then lost it 10 minutes later to Rhino. Well, that and money in the bank cash ins, right? Because we had Seth Rollins because oh. we had that one night in 2016 where uh, Roman was a champ. Rollins beat him and then. Ambrose cashed in, so all three members of the Shield were WWE champion within like five minutes of each other. 
to be fair though for like at least with uh rollins he had a long time to run before that he's not someone like uh tommy dreamer who was ecw champion for about like 12 minutes the one time that he won it in ecw and then lost it to just incredible paul you're about to get the band hammer don't we we, we don't even joke about things like that all right like I, I will stick my boy Sid on you. We may fight a lot, but we, we, no, we still partners. All right. Like, <laughs> you don't say things like that. Don't say that. I know, I know you're kidding, Paul. I know you're kidding. He's so like, realize that. we got a I, bunch of people watching. Remember to drop a thumbs up on the video. If you're on Facebook, drop a thumbs up, a heart emoji, an angry emoji. I already see up there, a laughing emoji, <laughs> however you feel. And of course, super chat donations. If you have a question for Dutch Mantel, that's the only way he's going to answer it. And any, damn right. And any super chat donation goes to the Dutch Mantel Foundation. So yeah, yeah, send those the, super chats. One last thought on Xavier Woods before we move on. Just one last one. He's clearly having the time of his life. If you saw any of the uh, videos that he talked about or posted afterwards, this really did mean a lot to him, whether WWE chooses to book him as a serious competitor to Roman Reigns or as a comedy character or as a King Booker ripoff. It does not matter. I'm extremely happy for Xavier Woods. This is something he has wanted. He he wanted this more than a WWE championship. He has clearly about to have the time of his life. I'm sure he has a plan for this. So I'm really, really happy for uh, Xavier Woods. Can we talk about real quick the most egregious thing that happened tonight? Like out of everything, like even more than the, the, the lady swapping world championships when they could have literally done anything else on SmackDown. Yes. Yes, the most egregious thing in the world that they did tonight. Sid, do you know what I'm about to say? What was it? They changed Sami Zayn's music. (laughs) What in the blue hell are we doing? Does that bother you? Just a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently it did. It did a lot. It did a lot. I I mean I I did not like that title swap. That was the most awkward segment I've I've seen in quite some time. And um, I I know we had this debate before Dutch, but I'll just talk to you because I'm not gonna talk to this guy over here. But yeah, just um, don't I, don't talk. I, just don't talk I, to him. I'm still waiting for um WWE to tell the fans that Becky Lynch is a heel because I still don't see it. I still don't see it. She still cheered. She still acts like a baby face. There's been no change. What's she's, going on, Dutch? Uh, she's lost. She has. Well, you can tell by the way she walked to the ring now. She doesn't know what to do. What they're giving her to say is not working. It's not her. And it's forced. I didn't like Charlotte Flair, what she was saying tonight either. That was just a very awkward, awkward segment. I don't get it. Even at the end. You know, when Sasha come down and then Becky just left. I'm done with it. I'll see it raw. And there was three top stars in the ring. And I was like, my biggest question, and this is a question that I had throughout the Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley rivalry. And I had here, who is the baby face? Who is supposed to be the baby face here? Because don't tell me that it's Sasha Banks. And don't tell me that Sasha Banks is a tweener because WWE don't do tweeners. Because Sasha Banks did not come off like a baby face. She came off like a heel. So did Charlotte Flair. The only person person who came off like a baby face is Becky Lynch because she don't know how to be a heel. I I said this to you, Rick. You argued with me. You was like, give her a chance. Give her a chance. Give her a chance. I've seen it in NXT. I've seen it in 2018 and now we're seeing it here again she can't 
play a heel. She is awful at it. She's just too likable. I know you like her. I know you love her, Rick. But in general, she can't be a heel. I'll have to agree. I don't know that much about her, but if she's trying to be a heel here, she's failing. I did think it was very interesting. The report and uh, all the reports that initially came out was that this was all Becky's idea. Yeah. And, and she talks to Ryan Satin and she was like, hell no, this wasn't my idea. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew, well, I I mean, knew that yeah, was me. She's, she's not dumb. Like, I don't know. I don't understand what WWE is trying to. They're, they're trying to do this again. Nothing that she does, like she does a couple of heelish things. She, she, yeah, she did it within the parameters of the rules because there's no rules in a triple threat match. But she still cheated to win the match on on Thursday, just yesterday. She held down the ropes to to pin Sasha Banks. Um, so yeah, it's it's not working. It's not going to work because the fans are going to cheer her her no matter what. She, if anybody's a tweener in WWE right now, it is Becky because yeah, to Dutch your point, she she's kind of lucky. She doesn't know what to do. Like she's trying to be, she's trying to take the stuff that WWE is giving her. And and make the fans get heat on her, but it ain't gonna work. It definitely ain't gonna work with Charlotte Flair, who they want to boo anyway. So I'm why just- are they why are they fighting to be a heel? Uh, well, I know Becky because she can't help it. But wouldn't Flair? She she's been a heel before, right? She's not a baby face. I wouldn't no, think. No, not with that the, name. She's the anti Becky. Everybody hates her for no damn reason. Mm-hmm. Like that's. She's one of the most talented superstars, not women superstars, superstars in the history of the damn business, and everybody hates her. Nobody gives her the respect. Nobody gives her the credit that she deserves. They want to just boo the shit out of her until she leaves the damn business. She is the anti-Becky. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we're, gonna, we're, we're about to head into, into Survivor Series with, with heel versus heel on this one. And that's the other thing that pisses me off. These two are going to wrestle in a month. Why do the title swap at all? Why not just do a winner take all or a two falls match where one title's on the line for the first fall and another title's on the line for another one? You could have swapped them that way. You could have had Charlotte win the SmackDown title on the first fall and Becky win the Raw Women's title on the second fall. That would have been better than this. Yeah, well, this wasn't... Dutch, I don't think this was very creative question for you do you ever think that they would do what they did tonight between becky and charlotte with roman reigns a swap a belt yeah would they ever do that to roman reigns no they wouldn't then why'd they do it with becky and charlotte because they don't give a shit you've said this (laughs) they don't give a shit about the girls that's why they don't give them any time they do get pushed to the back and if it's a short match let the girls let the girls do the short match when the girls a lot of time have, I think they have a lot better matches than Corbin and uh, Corbin and uh, Nakamura have. God, I, I can't crazy. argue. I can't argue with that one. I mean, the, one of the one of the more egregious things that happened tonight was was Michael Cole <laughs> on commentary. Michael Cole on commentary tonight saying, "I think Shinsuke Nakamura has been great since he's won the Intercontinental Championship." I'm like, MFR, he's barely wrestled. They pushed Rick Boogs more than they pushed Nakamura. Nakamura has had all of one title defense on television where he beat Apollo Crews like three months after he took the belt from him or however long that they've, they've had the title on him. 
And now he loses tonight to Corbin in their seventh match since May, which means we're going to get this crap again. It's not that tonight's match was bad, I thought. It's just I've seen it a lot, and I'm tired. The second that these two were wrestling each other, I'm like, I'm immediately disinterested. And I hate that because I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I love him to death. Let me ask you this. Who was that new guy that showed up? Russell something or what? Who? Russell, you know, uh, when they had all Ridge, the new. Oh, all Ridge the, Holland. Oh, Ridge Holland. Rick, who is he? He's from NXT. He's uh he's from the UK. He was on uh, NXT UK for a while. Then he was been on uh, NXT. He used to be boys with actually uh, Pat McAfee, and then he was uh, with Pete Dunne and uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny yeah. Birch for a Danny, while. Is he good? Um, not really. He's green. He's still <laughs> he's still he's still pretty green. He still needs a, a little bit of work. So hopefully they put him in there with someone uh that matters. The the best the best people that I saw tonight that was new to the show was Hit Row. Um Okay, I, tell I, me tell me about them. Will they get over or no? I think so. They weren't over tonight, that's for damn sure. But really? um to I think they can if they get time, they I don't I don't like them. Why you don't like them? I just, I just think it's, they're depending on the rap to get them there, and not to, and not in the ring. But we're in the wrestling business, you know. You in the rap business, or are you in the wrestling business? Well, they're in both, and I think they're really good at both. Um, then no, they're yeah. good at rap. Yeah, I. Well, here's the thing, man. They they got to beat up some some pudgy jobbers tonight, like which I actually liked. I actually yeah. like that because I think effective squash matches in Dutch. We talked. No, about I like that. I like that. Yeah. Because if you want to get a guy over, put the put the job guy in there and just slaughter him. It doesn't matter. See, nobody noticed that out there against nobody. Nobody give a crap because they were interested in the new people. Yeah. See, when they started doing that, you got to beat people, so you beat half your roster. Then you got to sure. put them out on shows. People have seen them beat 450 times and they look at them like, you know, and then now you got your stars there, granted. But when they stopped doing those, those job matches, I think they lost something. I don't think the people used to mind it. So when you finally did have a match with a main eventer versus a main eventer, it actually meant something. So, God, they. WWE went from one spectrum to the other. It seemed like we had, there was a point last year or maybe two years ago, Sid, your memory's better than mine, when we had like three squash matches a night and it was just annoying as hell because that's like all we were getting. And then they completely disappeared. So it's like, it, it's okay to build up like one person that way, but not like four or five at the same time. So I'm actually happy that they're doing this hit row because I think initially they were supposed to fight like Shanky and, and Ginger. Like that yeah. was supposed to be there the the match that was on the uh, internal card tonight, according to Sean Rossap. So I'm actually happy that they threw out some jobbers here. I think this makes a ton of sense to let Hit Row get over with their character work and just kick the ever loving crap out of some nobodies. No disrespect to the indie talents that they're bringing in, but kick the crap out of some nobodies. Well, that's their job. Yeah, that is their job. But if you if you got a contract there and they say, "Oh, go out and lose to these new guys in like a minute or two, you go, "What the hell?" Because yeah, you hurt but, your own talent, and that talent still got to make a living too. They they have a nice act with the. They did a good job with their walking promo. Uh, you know, uh, um, 
B-Fab, she's, she's got, like, she has a star presence to her. She's a good talker. Ashanti Diodonis, he's, like, the athletic one. The star of it, the guy that I think has the most, like, upward trajectory is uh, Isaiah Swerpsot, as far as, like, being talented. So was he on the, on the way out? Was he on the left or the right? He's He was the one with the braids that was doing the athletic moves in the matchup. Okay. And then, but, but the star to Vince is always going to be top dollar because top dollar is tall. He's big. He's athletic. He can talk. That's the guy that they're at one time. Yeah. That's (laughs) the guy that they are going to, it's there. They're going to push. And you even saw that in the match that Isaiah Swerve got one and two, one or two moves. And, but they really were focused on showcasing top dollar here because he's the guy that Vince is going to see something in. They've invested a lot in him. He was the host of their A&E show where he was going around to all the, uh, the memorabilia things. So he's a guy that they have invested in long-term. So he's going to be the star of the group for them. Okay. My, my, my only fear, and this has nothing to do with hit row. It's just, it's the same fear I have with every NXT act that comes up is I'm afraid they're going to be the next sanity. Like, you know, at least, at least sanity or at least hit row, excuse me, got this, like this jobber match tonight because when they brought in sanity, didn't they lose their first damn match? Like when they finally like booked them, it was like their second or third match. They lost. Yeah, like they they, they took him off TV for like two or three weeks. This is why I wanted Hit Row on Raw because okay, I put Hit Row on a three-hour show every week as opposed to a two-hour show where stuff that maybe Vince doesn't like or doesn't believe in doesn't get gets cut. I'm afraid that Hit Row is going to get separated sooner rather than later because Vince is going to see. All right, well okay. we got a, we got a guy in top dollar. Let's push him, and then everybody else goes to the wayside. Catch think- me up. Catch me up on this. One second, Sid. Yeah. Yeah. Carrion Cross, what's his deal? Is that his name, Carrion Cross? Carrion yeah. Cross, yeah. Uh, according to reports, he is in the middle of a uh, his second character tweak since coming up to the main roster. Uh, he has not been on television uh, in three or four weeks now, actually. Uh, enough to where he's actually, like, according to images on, on Instagram, he's grown hair. Uh, so he's actually got hair now, uh, and they're tweaking his character. He got drafted to Raw. We'll him when we see him i guess and they're not really tweaking his character uh dutchman uh dutch they're actually just going back to his character before wwe when he was killer cross that's yeah. that's basically their plan which i mean that's what they should have done when he was called up to the main roster that's right kind of, they should have just went with that but is instead, he is he pretty good he's he's a good character he has a good look um I, he's not the strongest in ring but he has enough things that he should be a success in wwe but they've just done a piss poor job of uh building him up because he lost his first match he was undefeated in nxt for six months and then lost his first match on the main roster as nxt champion to jeff hardy in three minutes mm-hmm. jeff hardy who well, was when, I, when I look at w before Sorry, yeah, when ahead. i look at wwe they have a top guy, Roman Reigns, and the rest of it is like two levels below him. And this is something that I've said to a couple of people, Dutch, and I'll ask you for your opinion. I feel like WWE has reverted back to 80s booking. 
And this all started with John Cena, where in the Attitude Era, and you know, when you were in W, when you came to WWE as Uncle Zebediah in 1996, even then they had Shawn Michaels, they had Bret Hart, they had Diesel, mm-hmm. they had Razor Ramon. Then you get into the Attitude Era, or before the Attitude Era, you got Bret, Shawn, Austin, they're building up, Mankind, they're building up, they got The Undertaker. Then you go into the Attitude Era, you got Angle, Benoit, Jericho, Rock, Austin, uh, all these different guys. And then ever since then, when even in Ruthless Aggression era, you had Benoit, you had Angle, you had the Guerreros, you had Edge on the rise, Mysterio on the rise. But ever since John Cena came to prominence in 2005, they have reverted back to the 80s of everyone gets built up to put over that one guy. The one guy before was John Cena. The one guy now is Roman Reigns. And everybody is, is so far below those two guys it seems like always it's always the case i feel like they have reverted back to the 80s what do you think Uh, well they don't have anybody there so they reverted back to something but at least the 80s i think in in different versions of wwf and e they had levels you know you had your main event then you had your secondary guys that people they weren't quite stars, but they were better than just first match guys. And then you had a level up and down. They don't have that anymore at all. And which, and now we're back to the same spot we were in a couple of months ago when we said that Roman Reigns does not have opponents. Now, who's he going to go against now? Well, like I said, they have some time because they're you, they're going to do brand the battle for brand supremacy again. Even though half of the rosters were on different shows a week ago, um, so it's going to be the WWE champion most likely. You know they could do a swerve here. I'm not sure, but Brock's suspended, so he doesn't have anybody else. It's going to be Big E versus Roman Reigns in a champion versus champion match. No title on the line. It's just going to be Raw versus SmackDown. So he's going to fight Big E, and that's the last pay per view. What I think it's November. I don't know, 18th, something like that. In, November in, 21st and 22nd, yeah. Towards the end of November. Then they don't have another pay-per-view until the 1st. So they let me ask you this. How forward. over would you say Big E is compared to the strongest baby face they got, which he would probably be the strongest baby face? I think he is. How old? How over would he be? Now, being in a ring with, with Roman helps him. Yes. Yeah. So, absolutely. but... But do you think anybody would think that he would beat Roman? No, no, not a chance. And no. they've actually—that's what you got to go after to do. You got to make the people think. Well, this guy—he might beat him, but nobody's going to think that. One thing I want to bring up on the crown jewel: Paul Heyman got involved for the first time and threw the belt in the middle of them. Then he says, "Do what you damn want to do," or do as you damn please, and turned his back. I don't get that. Uh, I think it was he didn't want to choose who his favorite child was, uh, so he let he decided he wanted to just let the act of God go. He's That's why he kept it non-discriminant. He's just like, you know what to do with the damn thing, and just chucked it right in between the two of them. So I think he was letting fate decide. He was letting fate decide who he was going to walk out with, at the end of the night, whomever, you know, won the championship. So I think that was his kind of sca- scapegoat way. They missed a hell of a spot tonight because Roman didn't even question him tonight. He looked at him, but he didn't even question him where his heart was. He should have asked him, who were you throwing that belt to, Paul? 
No, he kind of did play that up in the in the opening, but he kind of just moved past it very fast. Yeah, but yeah, he didn't. But he didn't directly put him on the spot. That's what the people see. They don't want to see Paul Heyman get his ass beat. They want to see him sweat. They want to see him squirm. That's the that's the beauty of Paul Heyman because he is such a damn creepy little sleazy bastard when he does that, and he's great at it. So if he'd have put him on the spot, but, they, they but we have to wait for that until until Lesnar comes back around. And when's he going to come back around? Royal Rumble, WrestleMania season, probably. I mean, your your main event of WrestleMania, which one are we on? Thirty eight now. Uh, is is going to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar because that's the only person who is even convincingly close that could take that title away from from Roman Reigns. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Roman has that belt for two damn years at this point. They they got to take some time to build some people up, which is what the entirety of NXT. <laughs> you've know, been too. you've been saying that for a year, but they haven't started <laughs> doing it. What's the problem? I keep they got yeah, you've doing it. You have said it over and over and over again. They got to build somebody up. Here it is, a year later, a year and a half, or whatever it is, and they're still they. But but, but they didn't build Lesnar. Lesnar was already over. Yeah, they they are. don't have anyone who's on the same level as Roman right. Reigns. That's why they have to bring back John Cena. They have to bring back Brock Lesnar. People want them to bring back The Rock because those are the only people on Roman Reigns' level. They finally have gotten, after six years of this push of Roman Reigns, they have finally got him to the level that they wanted to get him at. But now it's been on the backs of everyone else on the roster. So no one full-time is on Roman Reigns' level. No, the only people who have gotten even close, even close to the level of dominant booking that he has was Bobby Lashley. But his time is his is come and gone. He just lost to freaking Goldberg for crying out loud. Clean as a sheet. What uh, a har- what a horrible match. Yeah. Um, it was a Goldberg match. What do you expect? <laughs> Hell, it wasn't I, even I, that I good. Liked it. I liked it by Goldberg <laughs> oh, I standards. Thought it, yeah. To, no. to be fair, he killed the fiend Barry Wyatt's push when he was the hottest he ever was in Saudi Arabia. And he nearly almost literally killed the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. So this was the best Goldberg in Saudi Arabia match, ladies and gentlemen. No, it was. And I'm I'm genuinely proud that he got him up for the jackhammer and hit it <laughs> without, you know, injuring the man. So, yeah, that's great. But Bobby Lashley was close. And then Drew McIntyre was on a really good run. In fact, Drew McIntyre, was on the point where he was getting built up pretty much equally as Roman Reigns. Remember the match that they had at Survivor Series? It was absolutely yeah. incredible. And you're like, oh, damn, maybe <laughs> they have something here with Drew. And everybody's talking about, well, maybe they'll get on the same brand. We'll come back around to WrestleMania. Clearly, that ain't the case because now Drew is as cold as he's been in, in two years because he has literally lost to Lashley now. He lost to, who did he lose to before Big E? It was somebody else, too. He, uh... Somebody on Raw beat his ass. Oh, he lost to uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, he lost to Damian Priest, which was great for him. And then they took him off TV for three weeks now. Um, So good job there, guys. Like, they have people they can build up. Guys like Karrion Cross, guys like Keith Lee. I saw somebody ask where the hell Keith Lee's been. He's still doing squash matches, but he got drafted to Raw. So we'll see if he shows up on on Monday. And and he lost his first name. Now he's Bearcat Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Get it right. Yeah, Bearcat Lee. Bearcat Lee. Bearcat Lee. God. Gonna, pretty soon he's going to be barely, and then he's just going to be there. <laughs> barely eating. That's a good one. <laughs> but there, there are dudes who could convincingly, at least from a size and physical stature and an in-ring stature, match up. 
you look at Big E and Roman Reigns, those are two dudes who could absolutely throw down. But no, at this point, I don't convincingly believe that they would ever put Big E over Roman Reigns, even though to their credit, they've done a good job of getting him some marquee wins, including beating Drew McIntyre on Thursday. That was a good win for E. Solid win. He beats Bobby Lashley. That's a good win. He beats Drew McIntyre. That's a good win. He ain't going to beat Roman Reigns. Not a Survivor Series. Not a chance in hell. No. So who does beat him? Somebody we don't know yet? Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. The, the, that son, would be of Rick, a, the son of Rick, Rick Steiner. He's the one. Well, he's got the genes for it. Mm-hmm. He's been in the wrestling business all his life around it. So he kind of got the the vibe of it. So, and I've heard some of his interviews; they're not bad. No. A little, a little more experience, he could be good. It's it's kind of funny. He's he's almost a clone of his uncle. Like he, <laughs> I would love to have his uncle back doing interviews. Now, who's whose son is he? He's Rick's son. He's yeah, Rick's son. Yeah, if he could come back and if he could channel Scott Steiner, he'd be. It'd be magic. I wish they would just let him acknowledge the fact that he's actually a damn Steiner on television. Like he he dresses like them. He does the Steiner recliner, but he's not a Steiner. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you build off past history? I don't understand. That would help the guy. They do it with some people. Like hell, Randy Orton made a living off of being Cowboy Bob's son until he became Randy Orton. it helps you. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte got that massive push because she was Ric Flair's daughter. And then Ric Flair kind of like, like gave her the old, nope, now I'm, I'm, I'm Charlotte's dad. And now she's, yeah. you know, often, you know, one of the most accomplished superstars in the history of wrestling. So, I mean, yes, it helps. I don't know why they're not, unless it's just like a, literally a, a marketing thing or a uh, copyright thing. They just want to own the dude's name. I don't get it. Uh, do you want to talk about Rampage a second? Yeah, sure. I was, I was going through my notes. I think we covered pretty much all the crap that happened. <laughs> all the crap that happened. I mean, there was that Drew and uh, Drew and Sammy match. That was pretty good. Uh, it was, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, that was fine. Hey, Sammy's over. You yeah. could beat him to the cows come home. He'd still be over. I think he can get over by talking. That's all he can do every single time. Every single time he loses, he just has to talk and get his heat back. I, I would turn a baby face. I really would. You're, you're, you're lacking male baby faces on SmackDown right now. I think he's a guy that could be a great baby face that the fans would want to get behind. I'm not saying he has to beat Roman Reigns, but Reigns needs opponents, damn it. And Sami Zayn, contract situation is a situation, granted. But if you can get him re-signed, that's a workhorse for you on SmackDown. Like That's yep. a guy who can play a lot of different roles. Yeah, but this company doesn't know how to book baby faces. I'm just I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm just gonna speak the truth. The evidence that we have seen is that they can't book a baby face for the life of them. They have problems. <laughs> let me say that. So Dutch, let, let me ask you a question. Based off of the current the guys that you've seen on SmackDown over and over and over again, who would you book against Roman Reigns coming up? Well, I was looking at him tonight, Drew McIntyre. You'd have to rehab him. But there was a guy I think you could build some interest around because he's a big guy. I don't, and Roman couldn't bully him around. 
but I think you could build something around that guy. I think you might need to have somebody take him. And I haven't got to that point yet, but I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot of rubber left in Drew McIntyre. And when a rubber hits the road, you might have something there. I, I mean, think I go, going, going with Big E is, a, you're just going down by attrition. Who is there? Who is there? See, I said, I said three months ago, they have no bench. WWE has no bench. They got a, a starting quarterback, but he doesn't have any receivers. He doesn't have any runners. He don't have many blockers. I mean, he's the star of the team, but he doesn't have nobody to play with. So who's he going to play with? See, that was the beauty of the territorial system. When business fell off, you just you build a guy up for two weeks from somewhere else, and he came in. Nobody didn't know who he was, but you can make him seem like he's, you know, equal to the world's champion. And you bring him in, put him over, and now you do an angle. Now, That's there, what there. they used to do in the old territorial days. Memphis did it. They stayed in business for 20 years doing that. Florida did the same thing. New York did the same thing. They, I called it, you keep your resident baby faces in the territory, and then you bring your traveling heels in, and they stay eight months, nine months, then they leave. Then you're ready for the next big heel to come in. And you, you just rolled it like that. It almost booked itself, to tell you the truth. You didn't have to even be that creative. You just had to, like Memphis had Jimmy Hart, and he was always, he was like Roadrunner, you know, and Wally Coyote. He just couldn't catch Slaughter, but he kept bringing in people to do it. And it worked. They used to do eight, ten thousand 10,000 people every Monday night in Memphis, uh, Mid-South Coliseum. And when you and when you look at it, you said, "How did they do that?" But if you look out there, the the fans, they would tell you that something is working. So, all right, on the rampage, what do you think, Rick? Um, I thought Pac and uh, Andrade tore the damn house down. Uh, yeah, that was good. No, there's no there's no surprise there. Those two have just incredible incredible chemistry together. And then the fireworks happened after the match. So I, I'm usually not one for 50-50 booking. Um, I would have liked to have seen Andrade when he won the first time to actually like win in a fashion similar to this where it was almost fluky, but he didn't really, like, really get the unnecessary help from Chavo where he basically hit him with an iPad or whatever the hell it was. Something that's not hard enough to beat a man, but all right, so he gets the win that way. And then Pac kind of gets the, the the lucky win tonight. So it, it's an almost 50-50 booking, but I think these guys will go at it again. And then Malachi shows up, and then Arn Anderson shows up and has his invisible Glock, and it, God, that was so damn cheesy. Like, I know everybody, oh, he's, he's got the Glock! Look like a dumbass. <laughs> Look like oh, my an God! Look like an absolute dumbass, but hey, the distraction worked because here comes Cody. Well, I thought it was un untimely seeing as what happened to Alex Baldwin. Oh, well, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, oh. to be fair, that was taped. This was taped uh, before okay. that, that happened today. So, so, um, I, I love 
I love that match. That's pro- arguably the best Rampage match. I know it's only been on for two months, but that was arguably the best Rampage match I've seen. That brain, that Avalanche Brainbuster by Pac. Every, oh, every time, God. every time he hits that, it's killer. But this one was ridiculous. Okay, he but with- he covered the guy and he kicked out. Well, it took him a while to get the cover, so it did protect that that move because it took him a while to even get the the cover on him. So I like that. Um, I just this was just a really fantastic uh, matchup. They were flying all over the place. This is probably the best Andrade match since the Johnny Gargano takeover Philadelphia match. That's that's how great this. I was. would tell Pac or Pack if he does that thing again, the guy doesn't need to get up. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to lay there and they cart him out. So then they end up banning that move. And then now he's he's got it in the arsenal. He'll do it again. Yeah. I mean, if you hit a move like that and a guy gets up. Well, the move. I'm not even sure he went for the pin. I think he went for the uh, black arrow after it, actually. Well, so he didn't I even think go the, for the pin. Well, I don't know what finish they had, but I think it'd been better if. Who went over in this? Pat. Was, he he reversed the uh, hammerlock flatliner into a inside cradle for the win. Then the lights. Then then the lights went out. Yeah, this was this was weird. This seemed kind of random to me. Like, because correct me if I'm wrong, Sid, but there was like no affiliation between Andrade and Malachi until tonight. No, like I know Andrade had that line about I got friends all over the world, kind of a thing. It seemed this seemed like a, a shoehorn. We got to figure out some way to get Malachi and Arn and and Cody at the end of this tonight to preview Dynamite tomorrow. What I think is, you you know, you talk about the the first match with how Andrade beat Pac. You needed that because a lot of the guys in AEW right now, they want them to be heel, but they're not able to get over as heels because they're so good and they win their matches clean. Malachi Black being the biggest example of that. They've been feuding him with Cody, who they feel is a top babyface, but he's not able to get over as a heel because he has the cool entrance. He beats everybody clean. What is there to boo about him but with Andrade with Andrade they had him cheat to get that victory so that got heat on him he's firmly established as a heel now after that victory and the stuff he's been doing with the Lucha Bros so then they used his heat to transfer over to Malachi Black and have him go with Malachi Black against Pac so I I thought that this was a yes it was kind of random and out of nowhere but I got what they were going for they're trying to use whatever heat Andrade has and transfer it over to Malachi Black because they want Malachi Black to be the heel against Cody Rhodes, especially for tomorrow on Dynamite when he versus Cody for the third time, which probably will be Cody finally beating him. Which would be dumb. Um, yes, it will. In, in, in all honesty. I mean, they're, AEW is doing the exact same thing with Malachi Black than they're doing with Becky Lynch. And, and, and Cody Rhodes, it's Cody Rhodes in reverse. It's it's Becky Lynch in reverse with Cody Rhodes right now. They're trying to make him a baby face and the crowd just wants to boo the ever loving crap out of him. It's the exact yeah, same Cody, thing. Cody, you're, you're right. Not with Malachi. Yeah, sorry, Black. Sorry. I, feel, I, 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 feel, I misspoke. I misspoke. I misspoke. Yeah. yeah. Cody, um, I 100% agree. And that's basically because Cody has some, some creative control there. So he doesn't want to be, uh, he doesn't want to be a heel when it's obvious his best work has always been as yeah. a heel. So I don't understand. I think where, they're using where, Where's MJF? Uh, MJF's going to be on Dynamite tomorrow. He was on Dynamite last week. So, I mean, that guy's 
Now he's a heel. Oh yeah. yeah. He knows how to be a heel. Don't mind being a heel. But if you're not going to put him on TV, I know I haven't seen him work one time. I may have saw him do a, he did the dance routine with Cody one time. <laughs> I saw that, yeah, which I well, thought was pretty creative. Actually. I was kind of enjoyed that. He's one of the rare guys that always gets promo time on dynamite and dynamite yeah. is their main show. So if you're just watching rampage, he's probably not going to really be on there too often because they give him a lot of time on dynamite and they like to spread it around the roster. Okay. They, they have a, the, they have a show tomorrow night, correct? Yes. yes. What's that called? That's that is dynamite. dynamite. That got bumped to Saturday because of playoffs, baseball playoffs, or was it NHL? I forget. NHL, but no, it's the NHL start of the season. But uh, TNT might might say, "Yo, TBS, we won dynamite back because uh, the NHL on Wednesday did about." 500 or 600,000 viewers and dynamite's been blowing that out the water doing a million to 1.1.2 million. If I'm TNT, I'm going to be like, Hey, TBS, you take the NHL. We'll keep dynamite. Yeah. But here's the thing. How much money are they getting on NHL advertisers as opposed to, to that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. But is it, is it really enough? If, if dynamite's beating them in the key 18 to 49 key demo as well, is it, is it really enough to get those NHL, uh, you know, advertisers, if it's only going to be 600,000 and what, like uh 300,000, the 18 to 49 demo and dynamite's Did getting really, half a million. But you really wrote, wrote me into talking about ratings twice yep, yep. in one night. God, I hate you. But, but wrestling is a harder sale than NHL. This is correct or no? Yes, it is. I don't know. This ain't Canada. Completely <laughs> honest with you. I don't know. I don't know what would be harder to sell. I always, always heard that. It was different to me when it was the NBA that was bumping um bumping AEW because the NBA is TNT's bread and butter. And yeah. we saw with the NBA this week, they did huge ratings for the start of the season. But NHL, I do agree with Rick. It's big in Canada. It's big in certain places around, like Chicago. It's really big in here in, New here in New York. If it was the '90s, yeah, it would be pretty big. But it's 2021. It's not really big in New York here. So it's like certain places. It's big, but it's not big across worldwide. And not in, in my opinion, the NHL right now doesn't have as much buzz as AEW in general. <laughs> Here's the thing. How many super, how many NBA stars or former NBA stars have we seen on, on Rampage or on Dynamite? We've seen uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Shaquille O'Neal wrestled a damn Shaquille match. Shaquille O'Neal, yeah, that's true. Charles. We, we ain't seen we ain't seen no hockey players. Charles, Bar Charles, players. Charles Barkley Charles talked Barkley. about the Cody. He talked about the Cody match. He was on yep. uh, Nitro back in the day. He came out with Ric Flair. So, yeah, it's true. It's true. One time I broke down. Cindy Crosby out there. Sorry, go ahead. One day I broke down out of Birmingham. I, I, I didn't break down. But I was waiting for a ride, and it, I never went that way. And I says, hey, I didn't think the guys would make that turn. So I actually set out on the interstate right before the – the turn off and guess who pulled over to help me who mr charles barkley he pulled on me he said hey bud you okay i said yeah i'm just waiting on some friends okay man i just thought i'd help you out here so if you need some help i'm, I'm here and i said no i'm fine he said okay and drove off now i was that was good of him because he's a good guy yeah i've oh. heard people talk about him in, in alabama that they love him he could he could run for governor there and probably win yeah. 
And he's not a dumbass either. So, no. And only, I think Herschel, I think Herschel Walker will win the senatorship in Georgia when he runs on the net on the next time around. Charles Barkley is only a dumbass when he picks the Portland Trailblazers to win the NBA championship every single year. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I doubt that people would not vote for him because of that. Oh no, so. no, no. They will. They will. No, I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, what did you guys think about the opener with Orange Cassidy and uh Powerhouse Hops Dutch? I, 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 I like it. it. I hated the finish. I, I hated I, the finish too. I thought they picked the wrong guy. No offense. Well, they did. I, I said, man, they should have put Hobbs over in that one. Look at the guy. I mean, I he's doing a he's doing a it's over to a degree. Um, the kid is, but Hobbs is what? He's 270. Yeah. And he's jacked. And he, I think they put the wrong guy over. What what they do? They did eight nine minutes of yeah, and, just getting his ass handed to him. He can barely yep. stand. He's got his ribs taped up. All of a sudden, Hobbs, who's basically still got the full life bar, right? Like if we're doing Mortal Kombat, he's got his full life bar on. Yep. Or Cassidy's doing the the waving bullshit, and then all of a sudden, the referee gets in there and he's arguing with Hobbs and he's pushing Hobbs. And then Cass, like if you did the the schoolboy, like okay, that's Almost a, the way Cassidy did it is he get, he couldn't have got any slower into that that Russian that side Russian leg sweep thing, and then he folds the, the, the mousetrap. Yeah, and then he folds the dude over front. I'm like, there's no way that Hobbs in any situation is going to get in that pinfall. It was the it was not a believable finish whatsoever. I didn't think it would, but it. Let's take AEW as a whole. They're much well better positioned than WWE to come up with a challenger. Yeah. Hell yeah. Than WWE is. Because they build build multiple stars. And I got the point here because I totally agree with you guys. Powerhouse Hobbs should have won this match. But you you see where they're going with this stuff. Because when you look at the tournament brackets, Orange Cassidy and Powerhouse Hobbs are on the same side as John Moxley. John Moxley is the guy who's who's the favorite to win on that side. And where they're going with Moxley, they seem to be wanting to position him as a heel. So him against Powerhouse Hobbs doesn't work because he's not going to be the heel in that scenario. He needs to verse someone like Orange Cassidy. But I agree, like Cassidy came in with the tape ribs from the ladder match. He should have lost there or they should have found someone else to even go against Orange Cassidy so he could pull out this victory. I agree. Powerhouse Hobbs probably should have won, but that was probably the best way they could have got out of it because that's kind of the theme of Powerhouse Hobbs lately, especially with when you remember the CM Punk match. It's his inexperience and his temper that is his Achilles heel, and that's why he loses these matches. I would have rather him got DQ'd. No, I would have got him DQ'd, which advances Cassidy. Cassidy still hurt. Yeah. So and I, I'd rather him look like a dumbass, honestly. And I don't I don't like those, but I would rather him lose his temper and strike the referee and get disqualified as opposed to Orange Cassidy just folding up this two hundred and seventy five pound behemoth when he can barely stand. Well, to be fair, he did have the voice of reason in his corner. The smartest guy in the room. I've said it to you before, Dutch. I've said it to Rick before. I am a hooker. Hook was the smartest oh, guy. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, calm down. Calm down. Don't hit him. Don't You're winning. You're winning. Get back on Orange Cassidy. But Powerhouse Hobbs is a hothead, and that's why he lost.
Well, actually, the ref kind of did provoke him there too, because the ref came right back at him again and 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 hit him again. So the referee is the the ref, we went full ump show, all right. Which is what I kind of like about AEW is they make the referees part of the act. They are part of the show. If you look at real sports, whether it's NFL, MLB, the the the, the referees, the umps, they get more heat than anybody. No kidding. <laughs> and they used to involve the referees. When I first started in Georgia, they had a referee named Charlie Smith. When they introduced him, the whole place booed the crap out of him. He had more heat than the Hills had. Yes. And when he made a decision, you know, when he countered a baby face down, he didn't see something. People would attack him. So, I would love it if WWE, who's the, who's the really terrible ump? Is it Angel Hernandez? Can we get like the Angel Hernandez of of referees in WWE? I think that would you you got it in AEW and Rick Knox. Rick Knox is the worst. Like when he, especially when he referees the Young Bucks match, he lets them get in the ring. He doesn't count till five. He's that he's that referee. He's the yeah. one that doesn't pay attention, looks like crap, and he just lets the Young Bucks and the Elite do whatever they want. So they got it in AEW. You ask it for too much in WWE. In my I was gonna opinion. say if if you're gonna throw the rules at the book and like not make it matter put it on the referee who gives a damn they're the ones that can call the match to their discretion so if a referee especially in wwe we've they do this a lot with disqualifications but they just make it sound like the the rules don't freaking matter so who was it they got their head bashed off of the uh the spanish announce table and they got disqualified uh or uh, they, that was charlotte and Rhea. right yeah exactly so charlotte hits Rhea's head off of the spanish announce table or off the announcer's desk which we have seen Never get called for disqualification, literally ever. And then the referee decides to disqualify Charlotte because she bounced Rhea's head off the freaking announcer's desk. It's like, okay, that was, that was on the ref. That should have been the story that the ref effed that up. And it wasn't. They just said, nope, that, no, 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 that's right. That's a disqualification. They used a, an inanimate object. I don't know why I went full Yogi Bear there, but you get my point. Rick, did you see the Tennessee... Uh... Oh, Miss game. I did not. You didn't see the finish. I did. Oh, is that the beer bottles? The, the oh, my God. 102,000 <laughs> people in Nayland Stadium and about the minute left, and they thought they made a first down. It was fourth down, whatever. They almost made it, but the referees they took their time, and the people were getting worked up, getting more worked up. And then it says, no, ball goes over. Here they come, brother. They were throwing beer bottles. They were throwing golf balls. Man, it got better than the game, really. But, but you know, a lot of people could get hurt. Sure. Oh, but yeah. crazy. So that's the heat that sometimes he's – that a WWE referee needs to get sometimes. Yeah. So. It, again, they, they, they do so many things that – don't make sense from a week to week basis. Well, one week it was this rule. Now this other week, it was another rule. Just put it on the referees, man. Put all the blames on the referees that would give especially on Fox. When they were told that this show was supposed to be a real sports feel to it, brother, you can't get more real than dumbass referees. You just can't. I'd like to see more of that utilized in the show. Hey, congratulations on your Cincy team. Number two in the nation. Highest ranking ever. Hey, they went out. Hell yeah, they will. They'll win out. Their next four. And you watch, you watch Alabama and Ohio State kick them out. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, when the when the uh, 
there is a good chance if, if Georgia gets upset in the next two weeks, which they won't, but let's just say for argument's sake, they do. You see, will be the well, they play one. Alabama. Yeah. Well, they will. Yeah, they will. Eventually they may play them twice. Yeah. If, uh, if Georgia gets upset in the next two weeks, UC will be the number one team in the AP top 25 and they'll come out in the college football playoff rankings at eight. I guarantee you that is what the committee will do, but it, it is what it is. I'm going to enjoy the ride. Their next four opponents are combined six and 19. They're about to straight up murder some people the, over the next month. So I'm really going to enjoy that. Well, uh, they have to be very impressive in running that score up. Uh, it was, uh, it was so God, I've never seen a team talk so much crap like UCF and then just get, Absolutely. Dutch, you remember what you said to me last week, by the way? You said UC is going to have a real challenge against UCF. And well, I just thought I would add some drama to it. But I forgot who their coach is. He was a coach from Auburn. Yeah. They got fired. No wonder they're, they're the craps. What's his name? Malzone or something? Yeah. Yeah. He got fired from Auburn. All right, we got one more. Uh, we got one more match to talk about. The only women's match of the entire night, by the way, on either show. On either show, Anna Jay and Britt Baker. I gotta say one thing. There was only one thing that I really know that really stood out to me in this match. Britt Baker has an uncanny ability to find the live camera. Absolutely. It, you know why? Please, she tells please. them, "Hey, let the light comes on," and and they cue her. Yeah, I'd go to camera one, and she looks at it, and there it is. She don't find it on her own. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure she does, but even if she's being told to look at the camera, you got to have great ring awareness to know where that camera is. Okay. Yeah. Rick, the camera's on the floor beside the ring. You, it's on your left. Uh-huh. You look You look for it. Yeah. So when you get down, you look in the camera. For, oh, the, red, the red light is on, Rick. And you make your face and look away. You know, I, I, you're talking to a guy who can sometimes get his right with his left confused. Okay. Well, so I do. I do. Hard, it's hard for me in the ring. I've been in the ring before and I'm told, okay, you got to find this. You got to look towards this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, I'm, I'm effing lost. Yeah. These, these are, but she's not, yeah, she's, she's not, not. she's that's not her gimmick. That's her gimmick. She's yeah. got years of experience and she, the facial expressions that she makes in the match, honestly make the damn match. I thought it was. I thought it was a good match overall. It was a good match. That Anna J is not. Is she's not ready. She's a little green, she, but she yeah, she, she was. Green. She green. was a little slow on like a lot of the kicks and stuff. But like Britt Baker, she when she first was in like when she was uh you know AEW first started. Is she married like, to Adam Cole? She's that's his uh they they live together. That's his girlfriend. Oh, um, she's gotten so much better in the past year. Like you said, Rick, the, the facial expressions is there, but in the ring, she she's very smooth. Like her holding on to the arm, the wrist control she was doing was really good there. And she carried Anna J to a good match because Anna J still needs experience. Like I thought that the start of the feud that they had on Dynamite was gonna lead to the pay-per-view, but I think that AEW made the right decision where it looks like we're gonna get Ty Conti versus uh Britt Baker and Ty Conti is another one that's improved exponentially since getting out that goddamn performance center in uh, Orlando and being in AEW. She is night and day from what she was in NXT. Okay, that performance center in Orlando is overrated. It, uh, highly, highly to the choir. They will take people the down there and keep them there. They warehouse them. Yes. For not one year, two years, maybe three years, four years. 
And I'm thinking, if you want to get bored with something, just show up in a gym and just work, just work out five days a week. And I mean, they don't even, some of the things they do, they still do wrong. They do arm drags wrong because they teach it wrong. And you know, the, the bill out of the corner, I have, yeah. I've never seen any of them do it right. Cause they hook you right here. I tried that one time with an old timer. He slapped the living crap out of me. Yeah. I, now I was going to, I was going to ask, is it, they weren't doing it right? Or is it just more of a, there's more than one way to skin a cat kind of a thing. And that's just not, not in a bill, not in a bill. Cause you take him and you hook him under his arm, your whole arm under his arm. And when he's, you, it's a, it's a running hip, hip toss is what it yeah. is. And when you go, if, if you got it here, you pushing, you're just going to push him up a little bit and it hurts like hell. And he'll get up and he'll turn and land on his hip. He could break his hip, but if you hook him under his arm and he's going, when you push him, he can sail, he can fly. And, but I've seen, you don't, you very seldom see it anymore. That's one of the things you don't see. Another thing you don't see the arm drags or, if a baby face makes a comeback, what's the first thing you see is running clothesline, yeah. running clothesline, running clothesline. This, I'm saying, damned, is that all you know? I mean, you would learn that in the first two weeks, damn wrestling school, and they're still doing it. I, I, I can do a running clothesline. I can do a back elbow, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably ahead of them. <laughs> and, and a lot in a lot of ways. I'll tell you what, real quick. I was though. gonna say, I was just gonna say Ty Conti was in the performance center for five freaking years. She's been in AEW for almost a year, and she's so much better because of it. Yeah, because she can do what she wants to do. Because in the performance center, you gotta do it their way. Because and that's the beauty of the territorial system that we used to have. We don't have it anymore because they didn't need a training school because they had all the territories training the talent to really, really produce, to really be able to work because they had to. But you got to do it their way or it's going to be no way. So they learned one system. They learned the WWE system. And there's no other systems to learn from. I mean, you can't learn from the independent system. You just learn it's the, some of them are good, some of them are not, but you pick up more bad habits than you do good habits. Yeah. So okay. when you get, when you get to a position, say in the performance center and you're trying to do that, they tell you, where did you learn this? And you're getting more embarrassed than anything else because they didn't learn the correct way to do it. And a lot of wrestling schools, you know, I've said about wrestling coach, who's going to train the trainer? Because he's not even trained. He just got a building somewhere and put a ring in it and charges them $150 a month or whatever and opens the ring up and they go bounce around and they don't learn anything, really. They just they wrestle around in there and do some stuff, but they don't teach them anything. A lot of them don't know anything to teach them. Yeah, a full. So I was I, I trained under Jimmy Yang for a full year. Um, obviously, a now, guy Jimmy Yang knows what he's doing. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that and we would get like these these other independent wrestlers from other local promotions in the Cincinnati area, or people who would come down from Cleveland to train for us. I was there for like two months at the time, 
And these guys have been wrestling for years. And Jimmy would go to me. He's like, you're better than these guys. You know more. You these these are guys who can't who could who couldn't lock up, like could not do a collar and elbow because they'd never been shown how to properly do it. And yeah, that you see that a lot with some of these uh, with some of these wrestling schools. Now, for to Paul's question yeah. here, WWE or Paul's comment here, WWE lost two big talents with losing Britt and Ty Conti. I'd say yes and no because if they kept them, who's to say that they would be anywhere near to what they are? They right wouldn't now. even be on TV. You wouldn't even know they're there. And Britt Brit was an enhancement talent. Britt was the two guys that was versing Hit Row when she versed Nia Jax. She, they were not interested in even signing Britt Baker. So that's not really a loss for them. That's someone that they didn't even know was talented because they never gave her a chance to be talented. And with Ty Conti, she's a trained Brazilian black belt. And you don't let her do anything that she's good at. You try to make her into a Charlotte Flair clone. That, that she's, she was never going to be good there there she's better here because like dutch says they let her be her and here's the other thing with Britt baker if it, even if she had the opportunity to get built up in wwe the second she got hurt she's off tv yeah Britt baker made herself a star when she could not wrestle because aew was smart enough to keep her on television to drive the storyline forward with tony shivani and they turned her into the role, and she she blossomed in this role model character. It, it was basically Austin in 1997. When Austin got that power driver from Owen Hart, yes, he was already on the rise, but some of his best work, he stunned Vince for the first time when he had a neck injury. That was the best. That was the time where he got over the most because he wasn't able to wrestle. He just got over with promos and angles like stunning Vince in Madison Square Garden. And AEW kind of took that template with Britt Baker. She just cut great promos, was in a feud with Big Swole, and she got over more than she was before she got injured. Yeah. Yes. Don't say anything about uh, Cody. Don't say anything about mustache because Rick could get hot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do the best with what I got. All right. I do with what God gave. Okay. <laughs> he, got a face, it, he has a face for radio. Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> when, when, true story. And, and Raju's in here. When they said, hey, we want to put you on camera. I'm like, why? What are you doing? That is not a good way to get people to watch this show is by putting my mug all over the day. <laughs> but anywho. Oh, uh, way, oh, well, last question. Yeah. Who had the best show tonight? Rampage Smack easily. What do you say, Rick? I got to go with the Rampage. Just because Andrade and Pac was the best damn thing I saw tonight. Well, by default, the first 30 minutes of Ro Roman and Lesnar was tremendous, I thought. But after that, you got an hour and a half of nothing but. Like I said, the. the nothing. I want. I want two hours of my life back. The first 30 minutes of SmackDown, great. The last 30 minutes of Rampage, worth my time to stay up. Everything else in between, I, and as you, much as you I just said, you like Britt versus Anna. I said it was okay, uh, worth staying up. You said up it was a good match. You worth, actually said it was a good match. I could have watched it tomorrow and I would have been happy. All right, worth staying up for. Worth staying up for. Last half hour. And I say that as a guy who liked Xavier Woods' coronation. I could, I want the other two hours of my life back uh, after a while. I could have been doing other stuff. It's my daughter's birthday as of right now. I could have been helping my wife clean. <laughs> but no, I had to watch this crap tonight. You know, the only thing that I hate about Rampage, 
those announcers just don't shut the hell up. Oh no, they don't. They no. got too, too many. many. Too many. Oh, and they, and they're going and going and going and going. Even when they talk about the towns they're going to, unless they put that uh, the the sign up, the Chiron up. If they just mentioned that in commentary, you'd never hear it. It's it's because every time the commentary is bad, there's one common denominator: Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho does not need to be on commentary. On no, he does not. Hang on, hang on. He had the line of the night, though. Let me let me go back to my Twitter because I quoted it. Hang on. Uh, he had he absolutely had the line of the night tonight, which was and I quote, "Where the hell is it? I know I tweeted. Oh, the silent partner of Orange Cassidy is the crowd who responds to everything he does." <laughs> <laughs> the silent partner. Hey, that is that is that is pretty good. I thought. Yeah, the silent partner but, is the crowd who responds to everything he does. Now, but I've you know, commentary before. I know how when the mic is hot and you're live. I've yep. said stupid shit before, so I'm not saying I'm not I'm not bragging on him for it. I'm just saying that was dumb as hell. <laughs> to be to be fair, um, it was much better than Michael Cole trying to convince me that Roman and Brock was one of the greatest freaking WWE matches of all time. Yo, I I wanted to turn the shit off right there. I don't, I don't usually curse on this show, but that was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, what was the line that Cole said? He said, he said, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Yeah. Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. It was one of the greatest WWE matches of all time. You know that line was fed to him, right? Like, you know he was forced to say that. 100%. But this is also the same man that yesterday at Crown Jewel said, Seth Rollins just hit edges unprettier. And he also <laughs> said that a, he also said that a cross arm breaker was the disarmer. So I, I don't want Michael Cole. Like he people also, say, oh, oh, he's gotten so much better with Pat McAfee. No, no. He, he no. also, it was one way or the other, but he also called a table a ladder. <sighs> that was an easy one to mess again hot mike he, he has been you know you're live stuff happens they talk too much too yes michael and uh pat they they don't let stuff but breathe. there's only two of them yeah. so one will talk and the other won't step on him sometimes it's okay to not say anything and just, right. And just I was watching one time an old British program. You ever watch British wrestling guys, the old tapes? They had one announcer. So when they did something, he would lay out and let you think about what they did. Lance Russell would do that too. He wasn't constantly talking, 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 talking. He would describe the match. So I think a lot of times wrestling commentators, they need to act like radio announcers for a football game and make you feel the game. But sometimes announcers, they talk too much and that, you, I mean, you kind of miss a lot. It's kind of a lost art with television because the TV guys, they don't focus so much on the play-by-play -play and they throw in their own special commentary because we're watching it. Whereas baseball... Uh, baseball but like baseball on the radio you have to paint the picture you have to draw everything out so the fans see it in their minds so yeah to your credit i think maybe sometimes they should kind of adapt that a little bit but i do think commentators get away from that actually calling the action and telling the story in the ring 
because they're like, well, why do bother doing that? Because everybody's watching them what what we're watching. So I think, yeah, maybe they need to kind of mix that back in uh, a, a little bit. It might help out. But again, you listen to some of the best calls on the radio in some of the biggest moments. It's when the announcer shut the hell up and just let the crowd tell the story. Just let the crowd go nuts in the reaction. Let the fireworks go off. I hate these guys who just rattle incessantly. He and he's rounding the bases and he's getting mobbed. And everybody's <laughs> going up. Yeah. Just shut the hell up and enjoy the moment. Damn it. But anyway, uh, last question because we've, holy crap, we've uh, an hour and 40. We did get the bracket reveal for the TBS uh, championship tournament. Uh, I like actually that they like, have buys and you know you know i i like the way they set it up they went real sports-esque with it we talk about that all the time um sid if you had to pick somebody who's your favorite to win this thing who's your favorite i'm gonna be biased and i'm gonna go with thunder rosa i've interviewed her twice she's my favorite female wrestler in the world um I'm really looking forward to Serena D versus Hikaru Shida. That was a great match that they had two weeks ago on Dynamite. They, uh, I like the fact that Shida hasn't got her 50th win yet, and she's still chasing that. So she has to beat Serena to get it in the tournament and move on. That's good stuff. And I like the fact, like you said, the buys, because it's numbers two through five in the rankings. So it makes the rankings count. That's all we've been asking for with AEW is make the rankings count, and it counts in the tournament. I, I think it's Jade Cargill. I think she is going to run roughshod on this. I'll say this much. I think every match outside of one that has Jade Cargill in it is going to go over three minutes. I can guarantee <laughs> that we ain't going to have no Queen's Crown BS. Every match is going to go over three minutes. Every match is going to go over five minutes, except for maybe Jade's because she's going to squash some people. To, I think. to be fair, the Karashida Serena Deeb match went longer than the first and semifinals of the Queen's Crown tournament. That one match was was longer than six matches in WWE. The entire Queen's crown was less than 20 minutes. Yes. Combined. There was one match that went over three minutes and it was the finals at five minutes and 50 seconds. Hopefully they do something with Zelina. We'll find out. I think that was who did, who did Zelina work with? Do drops. Do drop. Yeah. Do drop. I was stunned as hell to be completely honest with you that Zelina beat her clean as a sheet. Mm -hmm. I was stunned. I thought Dewdrop was going to win that in a squash match. Nah, I called that. They they had two baby faces in the King of the Ring. They were going to go with the heel. I I don't know why. I just, just the way they've been booking Dewdrop. So Dewdrop is a baby face? Yes. Getting there. She's trying to be. She's oh, trying she, to be she will be. Yeah, I think she'll get over. I think she's perfect as a baby face. She's got to do more than spirit fingers, but she'll 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 get there. Uh, she she's been just like Karrion Cross, severely handicapped with a bad gimmick and a bad name. Um, but she's doing the best. And I love her to death. I've 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 gotten interviewer. She's a great person. I love her. I'm I'm wishing the best for her. To answer this question, because I've seen a max in a while, Christopher, then why uh, is Miro in not in the men's tournament if the rankings count because he's ranked number five? He wants the TNT championship. He doesn't want the world championship. He wants his title that made him God's favorite champion, and God has forsaken him, so he has to get back the title. Ah, but here's the thing. Your boy TK has said there are two world titles. Exactly. TNT championship exactly. is also a world championship. Exactly. Yeah, so it's like the WWE and Universal, not the WWE and Intercontinental. Uh, yeah. What is their world championship called? AEW World Heavyweight Title. And what? And the TNT is a world championship too. 
That's the way Tony he, Khan described it, yeah. Yeah, he said it's not a secondary title, but it's it is more akin to like the Intercontinental title back in the 80s. That was really like if you you had the WWF champion working in New York and you had another show in Wichita, Kansas, Macho Man Randy Savage as Intercontinental Champion is gonna mm. main event that show. That's the TNT championship. Here's the other thing that AEW does really, really well. They actually protect their champions until it's time for them to lose. They yes. don't have your intercontinental champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, eating a pinfall to a guy that he shouldn't be losing to. And hell, yeah. shouldn't be wrestling in the first damn place. I don't feel, by the if you haven't noticed, I don't feel good about the future of SmackDown after this draft. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I SmackDown got absolutely gutted. Absolutely gutted. And here's the one other thing that we didn't mention tonight. Sasha Banks came out tonight. And immediately started hooking it up with Charlotte Flair. Why the hell should should Sasha Banks get a title shot? Did she not just get pinned yesterday? She just lost. She did get pinned. Yes, she I did. I don't care if Becky grabbed the rope or not. Triple threat. That's it. That's the rules. There are no rules. She's the boss, though. It's her brand. Why not put her with somebody else that you just drafted or somebody like a Tony Storm and actually build somebody? Have, have Where, somebody is Tor- Where is Tony Storm? Uh, she lost to Zelina Vega inside of two minutes and then disappeared again. She's had right. three matches on SmackDown since so she got brought up. Didn't they interview a new, new girl tonight on SmackDown? Uh, they did. Yes, Aaliyah. Uh, she, Aaliyah. Where's so, she from? She's from NXT. She's been down there for what, five years? Five, six years? Something like five that. Five years? Wow. It's seven. Yeah. She's been there since 2013. You got to be kidding me. So she's the Angelo Dawkins of the women's division. They have a warehouse her for seven years. Yes. Yeah. That's ridiculous. By the way, did you notice? So they, they started off with Ridge Holland and he's talking about how he's like this, this big tough MF and he's got the, the, the club a la fit Finley. And then they go right to Aaliyah and she's like, I'm going to give everything a makeover and it's going to be bougie on SmackDown. I'm like, what? Yeah. The fuck are we doing pardon my french it's almost 1 a.m i don't care anymore what the fuck are we doing jesus we're gonna i'm gonna make <laughs> yeah. what the hell rick, does that even mean rick you're just too much god darn <laughs> guys we've been going for an hour and 45 minutes what the hell <laughs> wrap it up wrap it up yeah. you can't yeah. you can't top uh, that one you can't stop that <laughs> All right, join us next week where we're going to make over Smack Talk. Uh, we're going to make it bougie up in here. Sid, you got your show tomorrow, yeah? Yes, check out True Hill Heat. Hey, everyone. Rick, Sid, <laughs> did yeah. I do more? I Did I do better than Kenny Bolin? You did. You doubled him. You did 1.4 thousand viewers. Uh, Kenny Bolin's at about 750. Uh, But check us out. Try to reach that number tomorrow. True Hill Heat 148, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time with our special guest, Stephanie Hypes. We're going to be talking about. Yep, absolutely. We're going to be talking about Crown Jewel. We're going to be talking about SmackDown, Rampage, and a preview for Bound for Glory. So check that out. She's going to have right. a Becky Lynch, too. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, she is. I know that. I know that for sure. <laughs> when, okay, when, guys. It's been yes. a great show. I'm I'm gone. All right. <laughs> follow Dutch Mantel on Twitter at Dirty D Mantel. Follow my boy Sid here at True Heel SP3. And follow me, Rick Uccino, spelled as you see it on the screen. Really, really appreciate uh, everybody uh, who has stayed with us. All 81 people have been here for an hour and 46. You sick bastards. I can't believe it. Hey, look at that. Kenny Bolin and I actually agree on something. Go Bearcats. Hell, no.
Go Bearcat Lee. Kenny, you suck ass bastard. <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna end it on that. That'd be good. Have a good weekend, everybody.